Welcome to The Butter Dish. I'm Heidi Bollard. And I'm Natalie Gelaney. And today we have on Anne Martin, aka Anne FitLab, one of our friends from Instagram. And we are so excited to have her. Um, we love her content. And give us a little background on you. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. Thank you so much for inviting me. You guys are awesome. I love your content. <laughs> yeah, you really do. I'm like secretly stalking you guys all the time um, <laughs> and reposting you. Anyways, um, okay. So where do I start? So I am 47. I am a mom. I have three kids. They're all teenagers. My oldest is 19. My son is my middle child. He's 17. And then I have my youngest who's 15. Um I'm a late bloomer when it comes to fitness. I, I actually only started going to the gym and I started in the fitness industry, I suppose, when I was 41. Um, and prior to that, I did zero sports. Like growing up, I grew up super academic. My parents, my mother was a teacher. My father was an engineer. Um, a landed immigrant. I'm first generation Hungarian. So the most important thing was to go to school and get an education. I wasn't allowed to do any extracurricular activities, none. So I was always that kid in gym class that was like, wow, she runs so fast. Or, oh, I used to always look at girls my age and be like, oh, they're so athletic. I wish I could be like that. Um, and I, and I, I did no, no sports, none whatsoever. I went to university, you know, got my degrees in psychology and I just became a mom and had three kids by the time I was 30. So, you know, time went by and of course uh, I got older. I started to feel like crap most of the time when I was, you know, in my late thirties and I didn't know why. Um, I thought I was doing everything right. Uh, I was barely eating any food. I was exercising like a maniac six, seven days a week. Um, and finally, when I hit, I think it was about 30, 37 or 38, um, I realized, you know, this isn't working. I need to, I need to change the way I'm doing things. I need to, I need to figure this out. Um, and I ended up hiring a coach for the first time and she really helped me understand what it is I needed to do in order to feel better and to look better um, and to get out of this hamster wheel. But again, like I knew nothing. I knew nothing. I'd never gone into a gym. I'd never lifted weights. Like I used to just walk on the treadmill and observe <laughs> the room because I was like, you know, if I just walk here long enough, maybe I'll see what that person's doing and I'll go be able to copy it after. Right. Like, and I used to get up at four o'clock in the morning to go to the gym really early, hoping that there wouldn't be anybody there. And I could just get my little workout in. And, and, you know, that's how I started. Um, and then, and, and here we are seven years later, six, seven years later. And now, you know, I'm living proof that you can start at any age, even with zero knowledge, like zero background. I love your story so much because I think, you know, if you could see us on the video, Heidi and I are totally like shaking our heads because it's not much different than our beginnings. I mean, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. in pretty large families, like Heidi's one of seven, I'm one of nine. And so we definitely had a variety of um, siblings that had plenty of sports and activities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I did like swimming and gymnastics when I was like a little kid, but for the most part, it wasn't, I would never have considered myself an athlete by any means. And so it is that you kind of grew up with this I think everyone has like a relationship with exercise, good, a good one, a, a mm -hmm. one, some kind of history with it. But for the most part, if, I think if you don't feel like you've identified yourself as an athlete or 
felt like you were ever air quote fit. It can, the time does go by and all of a sudden you can find yourself like a 30, you know, 30, 37, 38, like you said, and you're like, right stuff, but I haven't really done anything. Totally. Um, yeah, like, like Nat said, our, our stories very much resonate with yours. And in fact, the athletic experiences, quote unquote, (laughs) I would say actually probably pushed me more into the camp of like, oh, that's not me. And I'm not capable of that. And that, oh, so true. Super uncomfortable, right? Even your, um, even your mention of like the anxiety of like going to gym, the gym, like trying to be there when nobody else is there or feeling like everybody has this figured out, but me. Um, and like, this is like, like you need a permission to even be there. Right. I even remember one time I took a class and like one of the instructors, I was probably like 36, 37. And one of the instructors came over and was like, um, in my class, we don't use that weight. You go heavier, you don't come. And I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta get out of here. (laughs) No. (laughs) Talking about like, you know, the anxiety around going to the gym, feeling like you even have like, you, you know, I guess my, where I was kind of headed with that, I think was, do you remember, like, was it a specific moment or like a, a phase or like, how did you realize, like, how did you get to the point where you're like, what I'm doing is not working and I need to do something different. Like what was, what right. was sort of that? how did you come so, to that? It was, I think it was a number of things, but mostly I, I was 37 years old and I was having serious perimenopause symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like I was having night sweats. I was losing my hair. I was anemic to the point where I was at the doctor and she's like, listen, if you don't start eating more food, you're going to need to have a transfusion. Like that's how bad it was. I had like digestion issues. I just felt like absolute trash, like all the time. Um, I was abusing caffeine to the nth degree because I wasn't eating anything. And and I was trying to run a 5k every morning and I was trying to train. And I just constantly felt like I was in this cycle, this like hamster, I call it the hamster wheel. I just felt like I was just in this hamster wheel and I was never able to make any progress. And day after day, year after year, I would just look at myself in the mirror and nothing was changing. Nothing was improving. I wasn't, you know, feeling better. I wasn't looking better. And I was just like, Oh, like, that's when it just kind of hit me. Like, what am I doing wrong at this point? I, and I, and I get a lot of clients and women that message me with that exact, like, what am I doing wrong? Um, 99% of the time, the food is the problem. You know, they're just not eating enough to match their activity levels. Um, and this, this then opens up Pandora's box because then we're, you know, we're delving into diet culture and how they've been conditioned to think that they need to eat less in order to, you know, look better. Um, when the reality is when you're training hard, you actually need to eat more to look better because you're only going to look better when you actually add some muscle. This was such an aha moment for me when I finally realized, wait a second, I need to eat more food. Like that's the missing piece. I'm, I had the training down pat. I was moving all the time. I was doing all these things. At that point, I had finally graduated into the weight room as a baby <laughs> girl, and I was no longer afraid of weights. But I, I, I wasn't eating anything. I was eating barely any food. I was constantly, you know, under eating, chronically under eating. Um, and so, and and I think that that's when I fi- it finally just clicked for me. Like, and and of course, that in of itself is an uphill battle when you finally have to start making peace with the fact that you need to eat more. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you need to nourish your body when you've been starving it for, I don't know, for me, it was over 10 years. 
um, to see the scale go up, to understand that you're going to be adding muscle and that muscle weighs something. And so it's going to make the scale go up and that it's okay to eat and it's okay to have carbs after 2 p.m. Like all these stupid things that I believed, all of a sudden I had to take that whole system of beliefs and literally throw it out the window and start learning a new one. Um, and it's, it, I'm sure you, you, I'm sure you know, because I'm sure you get just as many DMs as I do, if not more from women, when that aha moment clicks, when they finally get it and they're like, oh my goodness, I need to eat. And I feel so much better. And now I can go to the gym and I can lift weights and I, I'm, I'm not struggling all the time. And it was like a complete reversal for me. So I'm literally 10 years older now because this, this aha moment happened when I was 37 and I'm 47 now. And it was like 10 years. And I can honestly say from a metabolic standpoint, from a health standpoint, I've literally aged in reverse simply by correcting my nutrition and adding muscle, which I was not doing before. I mean, I wasn't adding any muscle. I was eating, what, 1,300 calories a day, maybe on a good day. So yeah, oh gosh, that was a game changer way. for me. That's such a cool way of thinking about it, especially with the direction where, you know, we want to take this conversation that, I mean, there's just where women, myself included, can get almost like phobic about aging Absolutely. and like yep. so much of the motivation, especially, I mean, for me, again, me included was like, I'm turning 40. Like it's this <laughs> sheer drop off, like that you're just careening towards like, oh my gosh, you know, and this idea that like, um, improving your, your health, your, your metabolic health, your strength, all of that, like that, that is actually like reverse aging. That's a really cool take on it. I like that. Well, we know that like strength training is like the fountain of youth, but mm -hmm. so is eating more food. Yeah. Right? It's like, if you're, if you're really eating nothing, like you're almost like decrepit, <laughs> like totally, like really. So right. Like, from like a health standpoint, like health comes from energy and vitality and food and things like that. And, you know, there's an mm. interesting trend that is on Instagram right now. And it's, it's something like eighties and nineties babies. Like, why do you look better now than like you did like when you were younger? <laughs> like it, I, I got to find it. And it's funny because like these people will show it, show themselves in this video. And then of course, like the beat drops and then they have to post what year they were born. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's like a lot of them in the in like 1980s, 1970s, and they do look fantastic. And I think a lot of it comes down to because they have a place of health that they have found. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. and I run into this with a woman you coach, like a lot of people have no idea how much food to eat, period, like in general. Like I think women have grown to believe that anything more than nothing is a lot of food, right? Totally. Like, or <laughs> If I'm like just barely eking by or I'm existing every day, then I must be eating enough. Right? Or as long as I hate what I'm eating, like that means I'm making good choices. <laughs> but it's absolutely. Like, and and so, so many times they, they just judge themselves brutally for all that they've eaten. And you're like, you've eaten really like 800 calories today. Like that's mm -hmm. not enough food. Right. But then they hear the word. But it's so much food. Oh, yeah. yeah. So much food. Or I'm stuffed all the time. It's and so it's like, stuffed. Yeah. And then they hear like even like, like 1800 or 2000 calories of like, no, not for me, not for yeah. me. It's like, do oh. you want to live on minimum wage forever? Because it's literally what you're, it's like, sure. You can get a little bit of money and exist, but like, you're not really living to your full potential. Like if you're constantly like minimum waging yourself, right? Totally. That's such a good analogy, actually. Sorry to, to, to jump on that, but that is such a good analogy. Like, why would you just exist when you can thrive? 
when you can literally thrive and that whole idea of eating more food when as long as you've got a one in front of it it seems to be okay but the minute you start adding that two like two thousand it's like wow oh my goodness and then I usually but I'm so petite well I'm five foot two it's okay you can eat that much food it's fine um but it's such a foreign it was for me so I get it right like for so many years you would have told me I was 47 and eating over 2000 calories a day. I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. And then you think like how many women have been under eating for so long and they're like, but look, I'm heavy. Yeah. I can't, I don't deserve it anymore. I shouldn't eat more. And it's like, part of the problem is because you've been under eating so long and like, yeah. obviously you could dive into the, you know, metabolic adaptation and things like that. But like, that's part of the reason actually <laughs> that you, uh, you can't ever lose weight or you're always like gaining weight. It's like, you're actually probably likely not eating enough or not eating enough at a time or like a window where you can actually have that weight loss piece work. Absolutely. Which I mean, not to mess up our little trajectory, our trajectory yes. but that does bring up <laughs> one of the posts that we wanted to talk to you about that we love of yours yeah. that is talking about, you know, when a Again, a lot of women, a lot of people in general, it's like when we, when we want to lose weight, we just want to lose it now. Right. But there's this now, especially people in our, in in our space become a little bit more educated about the benefits of strength training and building. So this question that you get, that we get about, if I have extra weight to lose, do I, do I cut first or do I build first? And we'd love to hear your, your perspective on that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's the number one. I get that question, I think, at least once or twice a day, every single day, Um, because I always talk about adding muscle and how important it is. So a lot of women, I think they automatically think, well, I've got extra body fat, I can't be adding muscle. Um, The first thing I have to do is lose weight, because that's the number one thing on their list of priorities. I got to get, you know, I got to lose the weight first, and then I'll worry about adding muscle after. (laughs) When in reality, uh, the, the, the key to actually long-term sustainable weight loss is to have a certain amount of muscle on your frame. And I always say this, anybody can lose weight, just eat less, like move more, eat less. Like I know the whole thing about move more, eat less, but really, if you wanted to lose fat, you could go starve yourself and you will lose fat. Like you will, but that's not going to give you a better quality of life. That's not going to give your body any shape to it. That's not going to make you healthier. That's not going to make you happier. That's not going to make you stronger. All those things that you want are not going to come from a diet. They're not going to come from fat loss. They are going to come from getting in the gym, learning good habits, getting strong, adding muscle, correcting your nutrition, making sure you're eating enough food. And that's all the things you need to be doing to add muscle. So you know, to, to those ladies, I always say, if by any chance your excess body fat is causing some serious medical issues, then yes, you might need to prioritize fat loss, at least for a small amount of time first to get that under control. But then you have to focus on adding muscle no matter, you know, no matter what, because when you do eventually enter fat loss, what are you going to reveal? I think there's this misconception that we all have this fabulous you know, <laughs> tone. And I hate the word tone, but we have this fabulous muscular tone body just existing underneath our layer of fat. When mm-hmm. we don't, we have to add it. You have to add that muscle. It doesn't just exist there. There's nothing there. Um, and I, I know like all my followers laugh when I call it the melted candle look, but that's what I did to myself. I was super overweight. I dieted my way down and I looked like a melted candle because there was nothing there. Like 
And I was just as unhappy um, because I I didn't have that idea, like that idea that look I had in my head did not come. Well, I think it's born from the human muscular system, right? It's human skeletal system. Like if you Google it looks like everybody has these like amazing biceps, <laughs> glorious quads, like all the like tendons and the sinews. Like we believe that like that's under there. And then Damn, those biology books. No, hundred percent. But then it's like, think about it. Like, do you see little kids walking around looking super jacked? Like, no, they don't have that. I mean, they have the same muscular structure that we do as adults, but none of them are cruising around with like popping quads mm-hmm. and like super jacked backs. Like they're I mean, look at little, little kids. Like that should tell you that like, they don't have a ton of body fat yet, but they don't look like that. So yeah, why would we? Yeah. Well, totally. Like good if you point. have, especially as a woman, if you haven't specifically built it, it's not there. And if you have, have a long history of under eating and dieting, it's going to be even less there than the, than the average yeah. person. Cause to your point, right? Like, and I know, you know, this, like when you, if you just were to diet indiscriminately, just cut calories and you're not doing anything, you're not worrying about protein and you're not uh, protecting your muscle mass with regular strength training, you're going to lose your muscle before you Absolutely. lose fat. Yep. And a lot of women don't, they, 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 they don't understand that when you do that, when you enter this, like, you know, these, these crazy non un, unsustainable, uh, super low calorie diets where you're dropping weight really quickly. The first thing to go is going to be your muscle mass, you know? Yeah. And like you said, if you're chronically over dieted for years and years and years, you've got even less lean body mass than, you know, than you did at the beginning. So you're going to have to work on adding that first. For sure. You have to start like so many women are even excited about water weight, right? They're like, I know when I cut carbs, I instantly lose some weight. It's like, sure. Because <laughs> when you reduce your carbs, you reduce your water retention, but that's not actually what you want. Right. right? No, they they get kind of even caught up in this, like water weight, water weight, water weight. Like this, Oh, I dropped two pounds yesterday. It's like, yeah, water weight. Like Mm -hmm. that's literally not changing your composition at all. You actually don't look better. You're not more improved. And so to your, both your point, it's like, there is a point where, you know, melted candle, I kind of love that. for sure. And it's like, you know, but also like that, (laughs) that skinny fat look, it's like, you have people who are really thin, but there's literally no shape or they still obsess about like their, their pooch or this, this, that, and the other. And it's like, that is all, that is all strength training. Like a, a cut is not going to, isn't, is not going to improve that. I think the other thing that I love about that, I love about your perspective on this too, is the mindset, mindset shift it takes in a client to be like, okay, I'm going to, this is not an immediate result but I'm going to yeah. do the daily diligence for this future result and like kind of delay the gratification of like, you know, these, we all, it's human nature. We all want, if you could have a thing now, why wouldn't you want it now? Right. But <laughs> exactly. it's, you know, like well, an analogy, we don't want to feel better in six months or eight months, right. Feel better like six months ago. Totally. And like, yeah. you know, if I was to say you, you can have a thousand dollars today, but you can have $5,000 in six months. It's like, would it be worth to wait? <clears throat> that, right. And everybody has that. So when people are talking about, you know, being inspired about the vision of your future self, it's like, are you willing to put in that work now for a future result? And the mindset shift that takes, if you're a client who wants to lose weight, but you're willing to put six months or a year into building, that's going to pay off in a cut, not only in your aesthetic results, but you're going to have a stronger mindset to like be resilient in the face of, you know, diverse off, you know, I don't want to call it temptations, but you know, all of the, all right. of the different, um, 
things that can make a cut difficult, whether it's additional stresses or social things or food choices or all of those things, like having a more firm foundation mindset wise, I think is, it's just going to pay off in a multitude of ways. Absolutely. When I I think about how many women have not um, had the opportunity to really, really discover how incredibly strong they are already mm-hmm. because they're just mm-hmm. to lift, right? They just like, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to get big or, or, or they keep themselves in like, you know, two pound weights, five pound weight ranges. And they're just like, I'm not picking up the big weights, like the big weights mm-hmm. are just too much, too mm-hmm. much. Right. And, and how like that kind of misinformation keeps them from really having an incredible like self-esteem builder. Like, I think there's really nothing more powerful than when you have your back in a lift, right? You're like, well, let's just see how this goes. Right. And it's like for how many women have never experienced that and maybe will never, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Oh, so really good. Mine too. That's a really good point. Um, and you're, you're right. A lot of the times these women carry toddlers around that are 40, 50 pounds, grocery bags, these strollers. Like I was lifting a 70 pound double stroller at one point, you know, but I'm in the gym with these little five pound weights, like, come on, you know, but again, like you said, it's such a mindset shift where I I always tell women, like, you need to learn to take up space, Uh, whether that means in the gym, in your life, and whatever you do, you need to just take up space and and become a part of your journey, not just observe it and and, and be timid about it. And but you got to go all in and you you don't be afraid to do the things that scare you, because that's really what's going to change your life for the better in the long run. And to to piggyback on on what you were saying earlier about the mindset, um, it's so important to to build those habits, not just the muscle that goes along with, you know, you're building for six months to a year, you're creating that lifestyle, you're creating the person you want to be in not just physically, but mentally as well. Because we all know fat loss is, is awful. I hate it. We hate being in a fat loss phase. It's, it's no fun. And it's, it's even worse when you haven't worked on your habits and you haven't built a solid foundation prior, Um, then it becomes a house of cards. And then it, it just, it becomes a disaster. Nobody, you know, no, nobody can be successful at it if you don't actually take the time to build those habits. Um, so it's not just, like you said, it's not just about building muscle, but it's also about creating that lifestyle, the habits that you want to have when you go into fat loss to make it successful. Oh, so good. Like my brain was like exploding while you were saying that stuff. Like it's so, it's so true. Even this concept of like taking up space. It's so, it's so awesome how you can see that trajectory in your own, your own life. And like for clients where it's like, you know, you start, you first start and you aren't paying attention to how you feel. You aren't paying attention to you, to how hungry you are or what you need or sleep or recovery. You're just, Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, we were both the same, just like running on empty, you know, trying to get, trying to be all the things that we should be or whatever. So then you start actually taking steps to fill some of those needs. You start to feel better. And the more kind of like stable and safe and successful you start to feel, you start to access more wants and needs and carving out, you know, really, like you said, space for yourself in your life. And you're able to achieve on such a higher level when you start building these different skill sets and patterns in your life. Um, and it's just, it's a process, like the process of getting stronger is just, 
the it's so it's spiritual, physical, mental, all of the things. Like oh, it's so, so true. awesome. So well, true. When you think of like even the take up space, it's like how many women are like, you know, wanting to be smaller and like always constantly trying to shrink themselves, but we do it in like our daily lives, especially like as you start yes. having a family and as you have a husband, it's like, does my opinion matter? Not really. Like, what can I do for everybody else before me? Because being selfless is like the way to be, right? And mm-hmm. so we just reduce ourselves to like nothingness. And then of course, like when it comes to taking space or picking yourself first or advocating for your own health or your own workouts and being like, no, I'm actually going to do this for me. Like, it seems like such a foreign process to do. So yeah, I could see why weightlifting would not make any sense to you. Like when you've been trying your whole life to not bother somebody, you know, to to not take up space, Mm -hmm. inconvenience for anybody, avoid failure. I want to be labeled everything, but my own person. Mm. Don't take any time for you. Like, yeah. 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 And like, I see that so often. Yeah. Yeah. Like we burn ourselves down from like, what, like 18 and up 18 to like 30 or 40 years old. So then of course, why would building yourself up make any sense to you? If that's who you've been, it's just like, the less and less and less and less I have because I'm selfless or I'm just doing things for other people or worried about like everyone else feeling good, but me, you would never pick the thing that could actually improve your life. Totally. And like, we're talking about all these like grandiose things. And like the best part is it can start with just like one simple action because, because of the way our brains work, it literally is just like, what can you, what can you carve out today to do for yourself? Whether that's like eat enough, actually get some protein, get to bed early, you know, like, like you take one little step and the dominoes just start going. Speaking of which. So let's dive into your five things that women, um, 40 plus, but let's just say everyone, Mm. um, need to do without exception. So a lot about strength training, but yes. Muscle is the, I love it. How you said this straight. So this is, this is Anne Martin. This is Anne's post on her and fit lab, fit lab, Instagram. Number one is strength train. Muscle is the fountain of youth and it can literally save your life. So good. It it's so true. I definitely feel that way myself. Like it is. I've, I think there was a statistic. Um, I, I can't like, I'm, I, I did a reel on, uh, on it a while back, but I think it's, it's a crazy stat that 50% of women 65 and over who fall will never walk again. Uh, and, and I always tell my client, like, let that sink in for a second. 65. We're not, that's not 85. That's 65. And the only reason this is happening is because they have no mobility. They have no strength chain. They have no muscle mass because when you have muscle, you have mobility, you have, you know, that, that you built that up over the years you fall down when you're 65, you're getting up right away, you know, doesn't no issues, no nothing. Right. Um, and this is like what I mean when I say it's not just for aesthetics, it can literally save your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I see people in the gym in their eighties and they're, you know, they're moving right They're Like, this is where you have to start thinking when you're in your forties, it's not just about aesthetics, but like, wake up, this is going to save your life later on. So even if you're adding, and it's a bone density thing. And if you're chronically dying, you're actually affecting that density as well. So, so true. If you were not really lifting, like, let's just say you don't strength train ever, but you're still active. Like you walk plenty, you know, you swim, um, like maybe you're not literally physically picking up weights, but if you're eating enough and then you're still moving and walking, your quality of life will still be better than if someone who never exercise and is chronically dieting. Like, mm, so if you're 100% training and you're chronically dieting all the time, 
we're really setting ourselves up for some danger, like in all this, right? Yeah. It's it's so true. My, my husband has a home health care company. So, and he puts every day, he puts caregivers in people's homes to help them get up, you know, pull things, lift things, push things. And these are all like, these are all foundational movements that you will be training in, in strength training. And it's, it really is like whether you're talking about literally saving your literal life or saving your quality of life, like yeah. um, being the kind of per- being the aging the way that you in an empowered way. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times like now, like um, as I've had some of my clients at the salon for, you know, some of them I've had for over 20 years. And now as they've gone older, like they have it's a struggle to even get out of the shampoo bowl. Wow. Like with, with assistance, I mean, even just pushing up on the armrests to get out can be a little bit. They definitely have to like rock and get some momentum, or some of them I actually have to like hold their elbow to like get up out of the bowl. And it's not a very, it's not a very low bowl by any means. Yeah. It's, it's just a chair height. But it's interesting how you take these things for granted as you are in a, in a youthful age of some sort, and um, it's just interesting how you don't really think about that. Like you don't think long term. You're like, I'm going to be fine. Why would I not be able to like go to the bathroom by myself or mm-hmm. lift? Yeah pick things up or mm. put things away. And it's just, it's a quality of life that you don't even realize that you desire until perhaps you don't. Right. I mean, yeah. and if you've ever had like a crazy leg day and have tried to like, I don't know, go pee, <laughs> that, always gives, that always reminds yeah. me of like, like you have the bars in the bathroom at my salon and I'm always like, <laughs> like, sometimes I have to use them on a leg day. And I'm like, I'm grateful that I'm sore because of a leg day using this bar, but not because I literally cannot go to the bathroom without it. Right. Yeah. It's just like, sometimes oh, yeah. like you just pause and think about the whys. And I agree. It's like, yeah, aesthetics are great. That's like a total perk, extra perk of this whole thing, but strength training on its own is a quality of life. Yeah. Activity version. It really yeah. is. It really is. And I think that perspective, that long, that long-term perspective is just, there's so many there's so many benefits from approaching it that way. I mean, it's easy to start with a place of scarcity, especially if like turning 40 or turning a specific age is like your trigger, but realize like this is, there's no rush. (laughs) This is like, this is, you want to ideally be doing this for the rest of your life. So when you approach it that way, all of a sudden you start to care if you have a good time, if you, you know, you start to look like, look so at the true, right. So true. There, like I always say, like, there is no timeline, like there's no finish line. Like this is, this is forever ongoing. This is a circle that you're going to keep doing forever and ever and ever. So you might as well start looking for enjoyment in the process. Cause it's not like you're going to get there. There is no there. <laughs> like it's yeah. just ongoing forever. So just find wins along the way, find something to enjoy, find, find gratitude and find happiness in the process because it, it, it does exist. It is there. You're just so focused on the outcome that you're not paying attention to, you know, how good you feel along the way or how much better you're sleeping or how you're handling things in your life better. Cause strength in the gym translates to a lot of the time strength in our life as well. Right. We learn to get stronger in the gym. We learn to all of a sudden set boundaries, start saying no, start speaking up, right? It it all ties in. And I see it so much more, I feel like in women in their, you know, that's why the post said for women over 40, but it should be for everybody. You're absolutely right. But I see it so much more in women 40, 50, 60, because they've lived their lives a certain way for so long. 
And those behaviors are so deeply embedded, 30 years of a behavior. And then all of a sudden they're in the gym, they're getting strong, they're feeling good and they're taking up space and they're, you know, speaking their mind and they're saying no and they're setting boundaries. And it's like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. so good. So good. I, oh, I love it. Number two. Yeah. So okay. eat enough protein. <laughs> I know. I feel like, 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 like ad nauseum. I've talked about protein, but I think it doesn't hurt to probably remind everybody, right? No, for sure. It, Always. It, yeah. I mean, it is, it's one of just like any self-care task. It's one of those things that can get, get it's a grind sometimes. And sometimes it's a no brainer, but paying attention to it is I mean, maintaining it, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we're talking about. Like yeah. even with strength training, like you were so, so, even if it was possible to hurry and build it, you're still going to want to maintain it forever. Right. And getting enough protein and, and enough calories in general. I mean, we where it's a little flippant when we say it, but it's also true. Like a lot of women don't even really understand their own personality until they've actually eaten enough. You know, It's so true. Oh, that is so true. Yeah. And, and the protein aspect, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how as women, I feel like even just for my clients, like they're so chronically under eating protein. Uh, it's, it's just not a macronutrient that's prioritized as much. Um, and, and yet it's the only macronutrient that nobody fears, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I know it's hilarious. It's like they have one chicken breast and they call it good, but then they're like, but I don't like carbs and right. fat, which also means like you're not eating. Like so what are you, it's hilarious. Like, what are you eating, right? Like you're, it's the only macronutrient no one's scared of yet. No one's eating enough of it. Like, I don't get it. What are you eating then? So, you know, I always say, and then it's of course, but it's so hard, but it really is not that difficult to just be intentional about it. And it, you know, I'm sure both of you know how much better you feel when you actually eat enough protein you're not hungry all the time you're not peckish all day long looking to snack on stuff you just feel better you sleep better it's just such a you know it's the most satiating macronutrient and and you know a lot of women don't don't get enough clearly so the hence why it's on the list <laughs> right and also totally. like guys don't get in the weeds about like oh i need to have x amount for this amount of how much i weigh it's like if you just start with like 80 to 100 you're good like totally. let's just start there yeah. let's not, i mean i think so many women get in the weeds of like i just can't hit 170 grams of protein and you're like first of all hold on i don't know that you need 170 grams of protein like for what you're doing right this second but at the same time it's like they are so all or nothing about it like if i can't get 170 grams of protein it's just not worth it it's like why don't we just like yeah get flexible mm -hmm. and like start with like mm -hmm. 800. And then if you can exceed that, fantastic. But at the same time, 80 to hundred is more than one chicken breast. So totally. Well, and, and again, let's talk about a mindset shift that has like ramifications in multiple areas of your yeah. life, right? Like if you can just, if you can just set the bar at an achievable level and, and recognize that that is, that has value and that it will make changes over time, like Again, that's just gonna that's just gonna pay off in so many ways. All right, yeah. number three, which is so hard for me, oh but gosh, I'm me sure too. there's, I'm sure Anne probably gets plenty. But <laughs> sleeping a minimum <laughs> seven hours a night, it's this is hard. This is a really hard one, and I think it is. Like people are always like, "Oh, sleep." I know I'm supposed to get more sleep. It's like, yeah, but do you really? Like, do you mm -hmm. understand how it completely affects everything about your day? <laughs> yeah, talk about not understanding your personality. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's true. Um, 
sleep as we get older, there are so many different factors that impact it. Obviously, when you know when we're younger and we've got young kids, clearly it's the kids. The kids are. I mean, listen, I had three kids. My kids were not sleepers, so I I was a zombie for I don't know ten years. Uh, totally. Yeah. Right. Same. right. <laughs> yeah. So I learned to function on very little sleep, and I learned to function like a normal functioning human being, which is despicable. That I was probably getting three four hours a night for years. Uh, you know, broken up hours here and there, but I, I still learn to function. But as we get older, this, you know, as we know, lack of sleep impacts so many other things like your appetite, first of all, will be completely off. If I don't sleep well, I will be hungry all day. Mm-hmm. I will be eating everything in sight and it'll most likely be chocolate and cookies and everything yeah. else because I am hungry and my body is looking for a source of energy and it's going to be carbohydrates because that's the quickest source of energy my body can find. So there you go. Um, you know, it's going to affect your hormones. And as we get older, that's no fun. Uh, you know, we all know how not, how not fun that can be when we get yes. older, how our hormones can be completely unpredictable and out of whack sometimes. And if you're not sleeping, um, and then again, this ties into your caffeine consumption, right? A lot of women are over caffeinating throughout the day because they're trying to make up for lack of sleep. But then that's like a vicious cycle, right? Because then you're not sleeping well at all because you're super over caffeinated and so on and so forth. So, I say seven hours, it's a bench. Obviously it's it's a struggle. Sometimes it's a struggle for me too. Um, but just at least try to prioritize it. And you know, like you don't get bonus points for being like, I stayed up all night. Like, okay, no, that's not cool. <laughs> not at all. Totally. Well, especially if you're somebody who is concerned about your weight loss phase, your fat loss phase, or yeah. So it's like the sleep is where all the magic happens. Mm. So I think it's important. Like people don't really think to prioritize it. I would kind of love to throw out there, like if you feel like you are really struggling with sleep, even though you've tried going to bed at a good amount of time, sleep meditations, you know, dark room, weighted blanket, cool, you know, cool temperature, things like that. Like if there's a day that you are, you know, maybe heading into day two or three of like, you know, sub six hours, you might want to take a rest day. Yeah. Mm. And just are like, let's grind yeah. it out. We're just keep grinding it. Mm-hmm. You're going to hurt yourself or you're just actually not going to have the, the best type of um, you're not going to recover great. And you're also going to leave some stuff on the table if you're not sleeping, especially yeah. if you're trying to like mm-hmm. write all your workouts on little about sleep, it's not really serving you a, a rest day would probably be more beneficial overall is mm-hmm. you know, I know women are like, no, six days, no matter what, if I got two hours of sleep, I still have to go to the gym. And it's just like, or you could rest. Yeah. I, I think I totally agree. And I think I I love how you said, like, I learned to function on very little sleep. And I think if that, if man, they say like a weakness is a strength overused. And if we, as women have a strength that has become a weakness, it is the ability to ignore how our bodies feel and push through it and produce and show up anyways. And I think, I think so often that ends up feeling, you know, you're either having some very real negative medical symptoms, or you're having, you know, a lot of anxiety or even depression. I mean, if you really want to stay motivated, getting enough sleep is, is so crucial. I mean, it is almost as crucial as the, as training that you're doing. It really should be seen as like a part of it. Because to piggyback on what you're both saying is that, is that, that idea, like you said, you know, that I love how you put that, you know, that we, we somehow learn to function and we learn to just push through it no matter what. And we ignore, you know, our bodies cry for help, like, hello, I need to rest. And then we just keep saying, no, you're fine. We're just going to keep pushing through. Um, And, and I wanted to add one more thing. 
that's okay. Um, with regards to food, uh, sleep is greatly affected by our food intake. So when we're not eating enough food, we're not sleeping. Um, and, and a lot of the times I, you know, with even my clients, when I finally get them eating at true maintenance, the first thing they say to me is I've been sleeping so much better. And it's like, well, that's because you're actually well fed, you know, when you're constantly starving and your body is in a constant state of deprivation, everything is going to be affected, including your sleep. And then it just becomes again, that, that vicious cycle. I totally agree. And even, even to the point of like, you know, another symptom of, of not getting enough sleep is being more reactive to stress. And I'd argue yes. even like putting your, your nervous system, your body into, into like a, an escalated state, like even like a hypervigilant sort of flight state where, um, it can be really surprisingly easy to get stuck in those kinds of phases for, for a so while, True, but you're, yeah, again, which is, if you're feeling any of this kind of breakdown happening in your life, like it can actually be weirdly a gift for your body to, to, to finally be saying like, no more of this, <laughs> like you were talking about, right? Like insane here of like, Hey, some, something's got to change. And it's such an opportunity for you to start, uh, to pivot and create a whole new and better relationship with your, with your body. Mm -hmm. So you're, yeah. you know, a lot of times we, as women want to lose fat so that we, we feel more approved of and safer. But if you have an overtaxed rundown system, those feelings are literally not available to you until you come into a homeostasis. Such a good point. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Number four, limit alcohol consumption. So this oh. one I'll get real upset about when you say that. No, man. Oh, you can no cut out man. carbs. You can do paleo. Oh. You can do all these things, but don't, but don't do that. Right. I can't even tell you how many people have been like, you guys drink those protein shakes and drink Diet Coke. It's so bad for you. And I'm like, but we, but you drink alcohol on the weekends. So I don't really think that we're up for argument right here. It's just no. like, oh, I, I can't have that. It's got too much sugar. Okay. But you know, the white claws on the weekend, no problem. No, <laughs> right. and a bottle of wine every Friday. I think it just has to be said. It's like, there's really no health benefits to drinking alcohol guys. I mean, None. Zero. Yeah, physically and, and not mentally. No. And so this actually, I mean, it's amazing. I know you probably experienced this too with your clients. It's like when you remove that piece, a lot improves mm -hmm. in like literally just like taking them down. Even if you go from like, you know, having as many as you usually have to just one on the weekends. And then if you ever can get to a place where you eliminate it completely, it's just, it's like, it's kind of like eating more food. It's like, Whoa, I didn't know that I could actually feel mm -hmm. this good. You know, yeah, totally. Yeah. And again, like it ties into all the other points, like sleep will be improved tremendously when you're, you know, you cut out alcohol, just even look at like, you know, a lot of people have those sleep trackers. And I would say, if you're going to drink, then take a look at your sleep patterns the night that you had a drink and your body is not doing anything but trying to get rid of the alcohol. That is literally its only function uh, when you're drinking is to, how do I eliminate this as fast as possible? So everything else is kind of put on hold whether that's fat burning, digestion, everything is just kind of put on hold because the body is like, I have a toxin, I need to get rid of it. So how are you, how is that helping you in any way? Um, and, and women, you know, in their 40s and 50s and 60s love to complain about their hormones and how many problems they have because of their hormones and yet they're drinking. 
And it's like, but do, do you not see how it ties into what you're doing? Like maybe before you start blaming your hormones for all your problems, you should take a look at alcohol consumption. And that's huge. And yes, I get so much. I push so many buttons when I talk about alcohol. But <laughs> you know what? Everyone gets so mad about booze. The, the, like, the, oh, the thing know? is like the science doesn't lie, right? right. Like, I remember my client, no. he, he takes, it takes him three days from his whoop, says it takes him three days to recover just from one day of drinking. Mm, like wow. everything is impacted. Like if he like showed me a data, I'm like, wow. I'm like, so you still going to drink? And he's like, of course not. He's like, I feel like trash for three days for like, you know, a couple shots with my friends on the weekend. He's like, and he's like, so now I know what it costs me. Like if it's, if it's yes. worth it to feel completely wrecked for three days, I get to make that decision. But it's nice knowing that like, it's not just like you're judging yourself for all the other things. Well, maybe it was this, or maybe it's my job. Or it's like, no, it's just the fact that I drank this weekend. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right. And that, that awareness piece. And again, like caring about how you feel being and that, that ratio of like gratification. Right. And also I argue, I mean, the more, I, if you're listening to this and you're having any sort of like emotional reaction to what we're saying, that is so interesting. <laughs> I would love for you to like, take a look at that because, um, you know, the more we can diversify the way we feel good, the more we can we can get ourselves out of these addictive instant gratification patterns into our yeah. prefrontal cortex, intentional, like creating, creating a life and creating experiences that we really want. Like, you know, however, finding out the ratio that works for you, whether you give it up, you pull back a little bit or whether this doesn't even apply to you, but again, it's just so indicative of everything that we're talking about. It's, it is, um, what's worth it to you, right? Caring about how you feel and what's worth it to you. <laughs> yeah. And I always say, uh, you know, basically taking a little bit from what you just said, I always say if something triggers you, like your triggers are your friends, they're there to shine a light on what's going on. And what needs what you need to work on. Um, so if like you said, if you're listening to this podcast now and this alcohol issue is triggering you and you're getting you're finding yourself angry, maybe this is something that you need to look at because maybe this is the one thing that's actually holding you back from looking and feeling your best as you get older. Um, and and you know, alcohol is probably the number alcohol is such a trigger for so many. But again, like pay attention to that feeling and practice the pause, like, wait a second, pause, take a look at what's going on. Why is this upsetting you so much? Dig a little bit deeper. And maybe you'll find out that this is something that you need to work on and that those feelings are coming from somewhere that needs a little attention yeah. rather than just automatically being like, oh, well, that's so stupid. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't believe that. Even if it's not even your intention to ever really give it up and you don't necessarily have to because you are your own person right. with your own decisions. But I think a lot of times yes. when we use certain, you know, whatever it is, whether it's binge watching, doom scrolling, drinking, you know, whatever it is to kind of like mask some of our emotions, like we're not able to address like the bigger problems. right? Yeah. And so you get, mm-hmm. to, you get to decide mm-hmm. like, Sure. I'm sure there's nothing statistically proven that like binge watching like Korean dramas on days on end <laughs> is good. For your head. But at the same time, I am my own person and I get to make that decision. Right. And so that's really what all this comes down to, like from protein to sleeping, to you picking up a weight for the first time and, you know, caffeine, whatever it is, it's like, what is it? 
are you curious about? Like maybe like, do I drink a lot of enough caffeine? Do I get enough sleep? I mean, even just these questions alone can open like a gateway to like a healthier life. Yes. And so it's not really about you judging yourself to a point where you like feel like you can't do anything without the risk of like somebody criticizing you. But how critical are you of these little things or these sensitivities about the reasons maybe you're not doing them is a reason to just be like, I wonder why I really, really don't want to pick up weights. Like why, you know, or I wonder why, like, I can't get more than three hours of sleep. Totally. Well, and it's like, it's very possible that there's somebody out here out there listening to this that, you know, that drinks on the weekends, doesn't get great sleep, wakes up under recovered, is more reactive to stress, has brain, has, you know, brain fog, feels terrible, a little anxious. Yeah. They're not eating enough. They're anxious. Then they, then they finally, you know, one additional stressor happens then they overeat and then they shame themselves. And then, you know what I mean? Like it's all of these things really affect each other. And it just, you know, ask yourself, what's one thing that you can do for yourself to, and, and just even pulling one little thread can start to turn the tide. Um, so true. Yeah. It can feel like sometimes we have a lot to work on, but that just means there's more freedom to find, right. If we can just engage in it with some curiosity and compassion, Mm -hmm. well, we've kind of done this one, but it doesn't, you know, we, we also, we're kind of, (laughs) To get our message across on Instagram, we're kind of like professional repeaters. So number five, oh, I, I always say I'm a broken record, no matter what. I just, I'm just repeating all the time. It's all good. <laughs> uh, number five, stop living late, low calorie. Yep. I oh, mean, there it is. that is uh, there it is. Yeah, that um, is is something again. Like we, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. There, there are so many women that are just so. They, they live their life in a deficit to the point where they don't even realize it's a deficit anymore. It's just the way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, more often than not, correcting that nutrition is the missing piece of the puzzle. Uh, whether or not they're over-exercisers, like I have women that, that come to me that are very overweight and chronically underfed, um, yes. you know, and then that's, 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 and then they don't understand, but I barely eat anything. Why am I so heavy? Why am I so this? And then you, you correct their nutrition and you actually get them eating a good, you know, decent amount of food for their, for their level of activity, obviously based on, on what they're doing. And, oh, but I can't eat all this. It's so much food. And they're never hungry because they're, you know, their metabolic rate is not, their body's not functioning efficiently because they're so chronically underfed. I um, mean, wouldn't you just love to get a client? It's been so long since I've had a client that is just, that has extra weight to lose. Who's like a true overeater. Oh yes. Right. I agree. <laughs> They're not. I mean, they come to me eating 13, 1400 calories a day, maybe on a good day, skipping meals, not eating all day coffee and granola bar for breakfast you know, supper time, they're eating everything in sight because they haven't eaten all day. Weekends are a disaster. And then they don't understand. Uh, then you actually put them on a, on a regular amount of food and they, you know, they, 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 some of them right away will lean into it. And then right away, they'll see the benefits from it. Like, oh my goodness, I feel so much better. Um, I had a client of mine a while back who, and I mean, obviously this is not a typical result, but just to show you how it can affect, like you said, you know, you want to know what your real personality is under eat and don't sleep, right? This woman had been prescribed antidepressants because she was always frustrated and angry and depressed and this and that. We corrected her nutrition and within a month, 
she's never taken them again. And she's like, turns out I just needed some food. And I'm like, wow, there you go. Right. You just needed to eat some food. And it's amazing how quickly, you know, those, those things are prescribed and there's no, there's no attention brought to nutrition or whatnot. But obviously I'm not saying if you're taking antidepressants to eat more and stop taking your pills, but no, 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 nothing that at all. Questioning, like how many of us have decided that our personalities are low calorie personality, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like, and then also you you yourself when you add food and you're like, Oh, Hey, look at that. I'm actually kind of a delightful person. (laughs) It's like, you know, we have, it's like, we don't cut calories for nothing. So if you are Mm -hmm. eating nothing and getting nothing like weight loss or better, any kind of benefits, then maybe you want to think about considering the other end of it, which is eating more. Right. Yeah. And we're not saying that like yeah. you not have like a fat loss phase. That's not what we're saying at all. The three of no, us are, no, no, no. we understand the beauty of them and the pain of them and also like the desire mm. for them. But a, a successful fat loss phase comes from a successful stint in eating at maintenance yes. or even above, depending yeah. on what your goals are. And it's just, you want the best possible results in your fat loss phase that requires you to eat more for a period, a longer period of time. And so, and we know this to be true, right? I can't even tell you the longer you go without dieting, the better your results are and arguably more efficient and effective, right? Like you're not spending like nine months out of 12 trying to get low calorie to get those 10 to 15 pounds. You spend nine to like 10 months eating at maintenance. And then you go into like a one or two month deficit or three month deficit. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, look how great this works, right? The deficit should not be the, the the majority of time that like you should not be spending the majority of your life living in a deficit. It's the opposite. You should be spending the majority of your time living at maintenance, true maintenance, or even like you said, in a slight surplus building, followed by short fat loss phases. You go in, you do your thing and you get out. That's it. You don't live there. That's not a place to live yet. So many women do. And when you're in your twenties, you know, teens, 20s, maybe even your early 30s, your body is going to recover a lot faster from these, these, these things, right? But when we get older, and we've been chronically underfed, and we've got 20, 30 years of of chronic dieting under our belt, like, you know, forget, everything is going to be affected, like your mood is going to be affected, your hormones are going to be affected, your recovery is going to be affected, that you just don't bounce back the way you used to when you were younger. And so, what you did back then is not going to work now. You need to change the way you do things. You need to adapt certain things. You need to learn new behaviors and you need to uh, apply them to your life now in your 40s and 50s um, because that you know, crash diet you did when you were 20 because you were going on holiday with your friends, you know, is not going to yield the same results when you're 40 and you'll probably end up feeling really awful afterwards, right? Um, so yeah, this this whole idea of chronically under eating um, and, and a lot of women don't even know that they're chronically underfed. They they have no clue. They have no clue. They think it's, I'm fine, right? Like, and when you ask them, well, can you just track your food for me for a couple of days and show me what you're eating? And, oh my God, I didn't realize I was only eating 1400 calories a day. Well, now you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, like full circle, you probably already said that, but like how that level of calories is going to be so correlated to how you're feeling physically and emotionally and the results you're getting. Like it really, I mean, again, all of these things are just so interdependent. And if there's one of these pieces that you're not sure about, um, including how much to eat in a day, like it's definitely going to be worth your time to, to get some side of some sort of outside advice, hire a coach, you know, figure out 
figure out your numbers, whatever it is, so that you can having some, I mean, having an outside perspective, somebody objective to assess, you know, some of these things that you might not know you're wrong about, (laughs) or you're underserving yourself about, you know? That's, that's a huge, that's a really good point. Uh, And I talk about this a lot, like know when you need to ask for help. And that's, it's, it's a bit, that's a big deal. A lot of women, they think they can do it on their own. I, I get clients that come to me and saying, well, listen, I don't really need anything. Just give me a macro count. I'll do it on my own. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, let's have a five minute conversation about that first. And then we'll see if you can really do it on your own, because chances are you have no idea what you're doing. And that's fine. That's what coaches are for, right? That's yeah. what we're here for. Like, understand that that help is there it's available to you use it because uh, you know one of the things I had to do as well was to realize I need help I can't do this on my own I don't know what I'm doing it's not working I need someone to guide me um so yeah yep absolutely totally agree and this is so fun to talk to you do you have any final thoughts for um or or could you tell our listeners where they can find you you can find me at AnnFitLab on Instagram. I That is my only account. I don't have Facebook. I don't have anything else. I, I am only on Instagram. That is my landing page. Um, I do pep talks Monday to Friday. Every Monday to Friday, every morning, I do a pep talk on different topics. I usually pick a topic that pops up in my DMs quite often. Uh, questions, I'll address that. Uh, my followers know I always do those pep talks. And then Saturday, Sunday, I try to help by doing a Q&A. So, you know, and I get a lot of questions uh, just about everything. And I feel like I try to answer the ones that I feel would help, you know, the majority of the the followers the most, right? There's usually stuff that I that I get quite often. Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. I was uh, very happy when you reached out to me. It was very cool. It was really uh, nice talking to you too. Uh, we loved it too. Thank you so much for coming. Oof, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>